a bizarre qualifying session, wasn't it? In terms of talk about a head scratcher. Lights out and away we go. Welcome to an American's Guide to Formula One. I'm Andy Lewis. And I'm Tim Lewis. Now let's start the show. Let's start the show indeed. We're back with another episode of An American's Guide to Formula One. And uh, boy, am I ready to talk about this Grand Prix with you. Uh-huh. Just, I am. It's just you and me this week. We had a couple weeks of really lovely guests. We had Matty O'Patty on, and we had our new friend of the pod, Ash Ward, on. And boy, those were really fun episodes. I was, I really enjoyed them. And based on the numbers that I saw, you all really enjoyed them too. Um, we got a couple more guests planned in the near future, but I am excited, and I think this episode is going to be really good for just you and me because we spoke, we spoke this morning a little bit, and we're like, man, there's a lot to talk about <laughs> for a not crazy, exciting, and interesting Grand Prix. Hi, by golly. What happened to you? That's a... What happened to you? Uh-oh. Your sound went weird on your phone. Oh, and he hangs up on me. And he hangs try up calling on me. Back. Are you there? I'm I don't here. know what to You're good. We're good. We're <laughs> I, I'm leaving it running too. We're leaving it all in. We're real professionals around here. Okay. All right. Great. I like that. So what we were saying is it was a really well, as as Martin said to start the podcast off, that was a very bizarre head scratching qualifying session, wouldn't you say? I was totally surprised. I le- I was texting everybody and like like I was just like after qualifying, it, this was very, very reminiscent of Singapore, where qualifying was like, oh my God, tomorrow cannot come soon enough. I cannot wait for mm-hmm. this race to start. And qualifying ended up being better and more exciting than the race <laughs> in, in certain regards. There was still plenty of cool stuff that happened and exciting stuff that happened in the race. Tra- in the race. It just happened to be either not for a podium or very high position yeah. or happened at the ter- first turn of the Grand Prix. But we're getting ahead of ourselves because mm. we have to talk about qualifying. Like, yeah, it was so bizarre. I mean, I know I know you like to watch practices and I caught glimpses of, but Williams pace airing free practice was what a tenth off of the Red Bull. Yeah, and I, I thought I picked my picked the wrong talent driver for the day. Same, same, you know? same. I thought, oh hey, man, I was Both. getting ready to go back and change. Uh, well, after qualifying starts, you can't locked in. Yeah, but but, but free practice was where where Williams was doing their thing. Yeah, I know that they, based on their pace and as when I picked. Actually, I think I had William. I had Albon left for a couple of races, but um, so. But from yeah, from, but yeah, from my looking into it, it was all down to track temperature, entire temperature. And, Isn't that wild? And that well, also there was a really interesting facts uh, that I saw come out of Brundle and some of the commentators about the air density at Mexico because it's so mm-hmm. high up. Do you know yeah. that they run Monaco wings? 
Yeah. They're the size of the wings that they put on at Monaco. So max downforce wings. Which is for those who we might have confused is a super down, high downforce like track. The, yeah, it's the most the biggest wing that they put on because there's not a long straight, so they don't they don't worry about the, the drag. But even with that size wing, they're generating the same or less downforce than the Monza spec wing, which is the smallest wing that they have on the cars. See, I that I had it's twenty percent less downforce when compared to Monza. Less downforce. Yeah. Well, so similar. It's basically basically big wing less downforce than it would be big wing less resistance due to the density of the air. Yeah. So sorry, I didn't silence my phone. My bad. Uh, keep going. Less dense of the air. Well, the air is less dense, so even a, a wing um, that's massive, like Monaco, to get around Monaco in the curves, even though it's that huge, it still is producing 20% less than the small, flat wings that's run at Monaco because it's such a high-speed track. So... Biggest wing ever that they'll run during the season, but producing 20% less downforce than the smallest, least resistant wing at Monza. Yeah, that's that's wild. But that also explains why, you know, the cars have trouble with cooling because the air is not as dense. So it's not delivering mm-hmm. the same cooling power. So brakes are hotter. Uh, engines run hotter, engines are less powerful, they have to boost the turbos more, so it puts more load on them. I mean, it's... I, I think Scott Mitchell mom was talking about it on one of the race podcasts, but he says that they... And I, I agree, because I... There's ne- there is always, like... It, they're very interesting races that at, at Mexico, but it's interesting in, like, a, an old-school kind of way of Formula One where... The cars are specifically, this is like a technological um, challenge track. Not so much driving, not so much environment. I mean, it was warm, but it's not like, it wasn't like Austin or, or Qatar or anything. Singapore. Like Singapore. But it, but it's, it's a, you know, like how the cars have to be special, the brakes have to be designed for Montreal and Monza and those huge braking zones or the steering rack is for the hairpin at Monaco. Like cars, the design of the car has to like has to be taken into consideration or Mexico as a track and knowing that they're going to race there has to be taken into consideration for the design of the car and the setup of the car. I mean, to a certain degree, all tracks are, but you know what I'm trying to say. It's like, mm-hmm. it's very, it's special for that and it's also special for the atmosphere. Because let's cut it. Let's. Let, I mean, that that looks like one of the best races to go to, and has to be put on our list to go. Well, yeah, and I think it's just kind of a crazy, cool culture. So cool um, that uh, and the way they get behind Checo. Golly. Yeah, we have to save that for when we talk about Checo. But I mean, I mean, we guess we can kind of talk about it in qualifying because how disappointing of a qualifying session was that? for Checo. 
Well, I don't know. He was pretty consistent. I mean, I got him P free practice. Oh, I'm talking about free practice. Yeah. yeah but that, yeah. But, but when the, he, the qualifying, but when like push came to shove, he got out qualified by Danny Rick in the sister red in the sister Alphatari. Yeah. I mean, this is not good at all for Checo Perez. I mean, really? No. I mean, you're 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 at your home Grand Prix. You have been on one of the worst slumps, and you're slumping one of your greatest, the greatest opportunity of your career. And you know, doubts are mounting. Rumors are spreading that this is the end. You know, there was a ton of rumors pre-Mexico Grand Prix that he was going to announce his retirement at this Grand Prix and then that he had to then dispel and then you're coming into that with this and you're getting amped your your practice pace looks awesome you're the closest you've been to to your teammate all season again uh, and then when it really matters you get out qualified by the guy that's been on the sidelines for a month and has a recovering from a broken hand <laughs> In the slower car. <laughs> I was just te- I was texting Ash, like, because, you know, she loves, she's in love with Danny Rick, as we established last pod. Yeah. Um, you know, she was elated. We were elated to see. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm both absolutely devastatedly heartbroken for Perez and just jumping for joy for Danny Rick. Like, I wish it was for Max. <laughs> I wish it was Max, not for Checo, but obviously <laughs> that's not the case. Uh, but I love Perez and I love Ricardo, so I'm like, my heart is torn. You know, I want to yeah. see, I want to see Perez do better, but I'm also elated for Danny Rick. I mean, that was an absolute amazing performance. Yeah, no doubt. And no doubt. But I mean, it really like if if there was pressure and weight on Perez before this Grand Prix, there's double or triple it now. Yeah, it's, it's, I just, yeah, I feel bad for the guy, but gee, many Christmas, what a bonehead uh, thing he put himself in, which I guess we're going to get to. I mean, let's just we talk get about it. it now? Why not just, we're here, we're talking. La- it's lap one, man. I mean, and what do you think? What do you, do you agree with Perez and his standing by the move? What What, what do you feel? How do you feel? Let's okay. let's talk. Let's discuss. I, I feel like uh, that's just you know talking out his butt because you're in one of the you're in the fastest car on the grid. Yeah. You know that you're going to be able to pass both Ferraris probably before seven laps. Yeah. But no, on the first corner, you try to pass on the outside as if there were no Ferraris to the inside of you. And as if we can just see what happens in Qatar when you try and do that. (laughs) Albeit, albeit. That was a bonehead, man. I'm going to play devil's advocate to your your argument here and, and go... You're Checo Perez. You're at your home Grand Prix. You are adored. Adored. Like you cannot, I don't think we can understand what that feels like 
when you, every time you get out of a garage or people would even catch a glimpse of you on the big screen, I mean, you could hear it. You could hear it. They erupted, mm -hmm. you know? So you are, you're, you're riding high. You're feeling that. You're down on yourself a little bit for your qualifying performance. You see Danny Rick ahead of you, and you're like, I got it. I got to do something. I got to do something. And then you get the slipstream of all slipstreams. I mean, let's not pretend like that gap wasn't there, that that wasn't an absolute launch. Leclerc bogged down and was almost an anti-stall. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like there was an app. It wasn't like a... It wasn't not there. The move wasn't not there. The same as it wasn't not there with, with Hamilton, but... And you're a fucking racing driver, you know? You're a racing driver that's feeling this immense pressure, and you're at your home Grand Prix. You're feeling like you're in God mode because of how everybody's, like, treating you. I really, I really understand what he was getting at when he said, it was there. I had to go with it. I had to. And, I mean, in his head, this could, I mean, it shouldn't be, and, like, if he trusts what, they're saying and that he, the contract for next year will be honored. Then he knows he has another chance. But to me, that drive, that move, that attempt, A, I kind of wanted, I liked seeing it. I was so heartbroken that it didn't work. But imagine if it would have worked. Imagine if he would have mm -hmm. actually even gotten around Max. Because that doesn't that go right into a left right there? So would, that would have put him on the inside yeah, for the next turn. I believe, yeah, I believe you're right. So he pinches, he pinches Max, and now he's all of a sudden leading the home Grand Prix in one move. He goes from fifth to first on the corner. I mean, I'm with you. The sensible thing would be to back out, get slot back in. That reminds me of an old song. Yeah. I like dreaming. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, dreaming can get me from P five to one. Yeah, but I can also cause me to rip my side pod open and retire. Yeah, I thought yeah, I thought for a second before I saw that that other angle that he was gonna charge back like he did in Sakia. Yeah, you know, and that it didn't look been. like there was much going on. Yeah, but man, that slam, and then mm -hmm. you saw that when you saw that other angle, that side pod was. <laughs> Barely hanging on. Like by ribbons. It looked I, like ribbons. And then I like that they were like pretending to work on the car, I feel like, and he refused to get out. And they're like, no, fix it. We're only three laps down. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like you're going to come back from three laps down and uh, – I, I mean – in a, in, a in a car that's fixed, fixed with a big just diaper. Just duct tape, duct tape diaper. <laughs> Um, that's how we used to keep them on you from blowing out the top. <laughs> a lot of just use a lot of duct tape. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Uh, that was uh, I. My heart sunk when I saw that too. And man, I don't know if you saw some of the clips of fans, but there was there was one where like a dad was just holding his son, and his son was just crying because he's. Right. Like, I was yeah. like, oh man, that. I mean, it does suck. Imagine paying all that money too. Like all that money. Was it that little kid that was in that full Red Bull dress yeah, driving uniform? Probably. <laughs> that's 
That's a crazy parent. I also man. like I also like uh what was it Crofty was saying? Uh oh, everybody's packing up and leaving now that check. I was like, no one's leaving. They pay they mortgage their house to get these tickets. Just because Perez is out. I'm not leaving. Like <laughs> There's no way, even if, even if, like, if it was down to just Logan Sargent and Kevin Magnuson racing each other because everybody crashed, I'd still be watching. I'm not yeah, leaving until really. it's over. Are you kidding over. me? Over. That's like, right. er, that's like checking out early at your hotel room. You're like, I got till 11. I have till 11. <laughs> Charge me this much. Think I'm not going to stay the whole time? Yeah, man. Um, and then you're probably going to charge me for the safe in the closet. That's I right. Used. Yeah. So, but man, it did, that did really drop some of the, quite a bit of the excitement out of the Grand Prix. I'm not going to lie. And I did, I don't know about you. I didn't look at your team, but I definitely picked mm -hmm. up Perez. I thought this was going to be it. I thought he was going to have the turn. He was down money. He was going to bank me a bunch of bucks. But, um, <laughs> But no, but no, he decided to crash out. I still, I still may hang on to him for Brazil. You know, I've, I've, I've bet, I've betted so much on Checo this year, and every time he lets me down, maybe I should actually not put my trust in him, and then he'll do good <laughs> for once, and I should just, I should just let <laughs> it be. Well, then just, just kind of let your mood go with the, you know, with how bonehead of a move he tried, really. Yeah. But again, again, you know? I get it. I get why he did it, and I like. I'm yeah, gonna, no, I'm gonna I, claim I understand. Senna. I'm gonna claim. I'm gonna pull the Senna defense, even though that was a bullshit defense at the time too. But if you don't, if you see a gap and you don't go for it, you cease being a racing driver. I mean, that's really what we want to see. Well, you you cease being maybe an intelligent no. race driver. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I get you it. know, Checo was. I mean, he could have he could have broke down out of that and not lost a spot and would have been able to, like we said, you know, and he would have been on the inside, so he may have picked up a spot for all we know. He may have gotten one of the Ferraris. And I think so, he sure would have gotten Sainz. Yeah. Sainz would have so, Leclerc. Yeah, but but I'm but I mean if he if he would have just backed out because there's no way you're going to go three wide into that right-hander. Yeah, I mean, it just wasn't. And, I mean, no, you know it's not going to work. And how bad did you feel right. for Leclerc at the moment, too? <laughs> I was like, I know Max had bodyguards for this Grand Prix, but I was like, Leclerc better get on the, on the radio and say, hire me some, hire me some guards, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not getting out of here alive. I'm not getting out of this car. I'm not getting. I'm out just going to keep driving yeah. around until just I get open the gate. Just open the gate and let yeah. me get out of here in this. I mean, then, man, the booze. <laughs> but I mean, he was right. He had he had nowhere to go. He had nowhere no. to go. I did. I did watch the onboards though. Like I did right before yeah. getting on this. I watched Leclerc's onboard again a couple of times. Yeah. Uh -huh. He does kind of back out of the turn a little bit. He does. He doesn't turn Perez? into Perez. Or you talk Leclerc. He does. He oh does yeah, no, Leclerc. Nothing on Leclerc. I don't. That's what I'm saying. Is he lets off the lock a little bit into the turn? 
go oh, back. I, all of you, go back I, thought, I thought you meant like he, he lifted. No, 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 no. Well, he like, he's turning and then. Yeah, I know. I, 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 I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Like, watch it, Perez. I know it's your home race, buddy, but I don't know. I feel bad for but him. What was yeah, going yeah. on? What was going on with signs? Oh, yeah. Maybe he had no room. No, because it was Max. Max signs? split him. It was Perez, Leclerc, Max. Signs was on the very, very inside and back a little bit. Right. So, you know, there, he may have maybe, been maybe anticipating Max. Yeah. or actually was experiencing some, some uh, understeer from um, science or max or yeah. something, you know? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, that was, you know, Perez just shouldn't have been there. No, he shouldn't. I'm, but I, I get it. I'm, I'm, I'm really torn. I want to see my racing drivers make moves. Cause he would have been in, he would have been the legend of all legends if that would have worked, you know? Yeah. But come on. Yeah. I get it. I get it. Speaking of legends <laughs> and just moving on to straight Danny Rick. I mean, it wasn't just a one-off qualifying thing either. He held mm -hmm. he held P five or P four, and then P five. I mean, he defended against Hamilton for eleven laps in an Alphatari. Yep. What is up with that? Did you hear why he was why he was all of a sudden there? No. I mean, they had significant upgrades, but oh yeah. But apparently, this was him finally getting the car to be set up the way he liked it. And that to 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 have a little bit more of that front bite. He likes that front bitey front end, like Verstappen. Mm -hmm. He can live with a, a looser, um, yeah, rear end. And uh, apparently, it suits his driving style. And he was able to just, I mean, be right on the pace there. And I think the only thing that ended up letting him down was just their, you know, tires and tire management yeah. and stuff. Um, but, oh man, we, we totally didn't even finish talking about Williams. That totally just jogged my ADD brain about when we were talking about Williams and where Williams oh, yeah. came from. Before, Bring it back. Before we had, you just hung up on me, you know? Yeah. Um, it was, there was what I heard, what I, from again, the race, the great race was that during when there is low downforce, the Williams develops more downforce than other cars is what, they, but they don't know why and they couldn't get it back. So it's well, like, I'm glad you said they don't know why, because what you stated was made absolutely no sense. to me. Okay. So it's like, it's like, <laughs> I know in, I mean, like we, we know that one of Williams is down, like downfalls this whole season with their current cars that they can't develop as much downforce as other teams. But that seems to not really apply in low downforce situations, like specifically Mexico. So like when when others are struggling with downforce, Williams is actually not struggling as much. Because when you looked at when they had that pace with those tires, when the tires were, were, were on and working in that be beautiful window, which mm -hmm. is also the explanation for Ferrari when we move on to Ferrari, is that they just because you saw in their second attempt they didn't nobody bettered their times, um, but I found it really ironic and, and and hopefully 
that 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 maybe with some more scrutineering after the fact with engineers and and stuff that that this may be an unlocking moment for the Williams where it's like okay if we can figure out what characteristics get us that more downforce mm-hmm. maybe we can find a way to unlock that more of the time than just in low downforce situations like Mexico and i hope so i mean fingers crossed that next year they come with a car that's you know, a tenth off of Red Bull all the time. Can you imagine? Yeah. Yeah. So you're making it sound like they knew of this phenomenon, but didn't they just figure this, find this out yeah. at the race? I think so. They, well, it's because like, they were, it wasn't in their typical Red Bull or um, Williams, you know, low drag, high power, because their engine is, they're fast down the straights. His dominance was in the corners. If you go back yeah. and look at the track dominance graphic that they do when they were comparing Max and and Albon when they were only a tenth apart, it was all in the corners. It was in those high speed corners, which is where they typically struggle, and they were dominating. No, I yeah, I'm, I'm just saying this is something they found out at this race. Yeah, but that's what there, I'm saying. No it's, wind tunnel. No. no wind tunnel testing or anything like that identified something like this. Yeah. And so <laughs> that's pretty wild. Isn't it? That though? If they could go back and sort it out to mimic, you I, know, that. Like I'm saying. Air, ju- air, yeah. How the, how the air moves to. And then. Because it just is so paradoxical. Yeah. Of what you would expect. Yeah. And but I wonder if if discovering that what if that is the key to unlocking a new yeah like, you know and they just need even it. for the rest of the year that w- wouldn't it be great wouldn't it be awesome <laughs> I mean That'd I mean I, I hope I hope it's just fingers crossed because I just love Williams I love Albon I think yeah. Albon has and and continued to drive excellently even though when mm-hmm. he lost that advantage I mean he's still driving he's still outperforming the car at every race. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I would, it, it, like I said, I think I put him early. I talked about this on an earlier pod, but he's on the Mount Rushmore of this year. You know, you have Max just being unbelievable. You have science being awesome. You had Alonzo's performance at the beginning of the year. And then Albon just steadily, just willing that car and forcing it, you know, to be better than what it is. Um, He's absolutely, without a doubt, one of the top drivers on the grid, in my opinion. And I would love, I would, I just would love to see him. I would love to see something unlock there and have like a Brabham thing, you know, where mm-hmm. it's just left field. We get a Williams car that's on the on the front row or in, you know, <laughs> yeah, really. How ama- how just beautifully poetic would it be if he beats Max? Not you know, not in a top car in that in that seat he was reluctantly taking. You know, I just would love to see it. I would love to see. Uh, it. That would have been yeah. That I would mean, be we're kinda... we're in pipe dream land right now. But well, I guess so. You started the show with pipe dream, and now well, I'm a I'm an optimist, man. I just love. <laughs> always have been. All yeah, right. yeah. I mean, speak, yeah. speaking of optim, I mean, I thought I thought Danny just held on to that drive all the way. And he's still like the, I saw a clip where he was talking about his hand, 
And he, with Norris even, of all people, and he still couldn't, he still can't fully grab the steering wheel even. Like, he still doesn't have full mobility back in his pinky. Um, yeah. And he was able to to hang on to that and drive that car, and we didn't see him just tumble out, you know. Where did, where did, where do you find out all these little tidbits? Or on you just making media, it up? On social media. Oh. You gotta get, you gotta get with the times, old man. Oh. Man, I mean, at least just at least just get an Instagram or something so I can send you them. You don't have to go look, but I can like send it to you. You know, uh, I don't know, man. It makes me scared. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we have to. I mean, we have to. We have to spend a little bit of time in conspiracy corner and see that if you're Red Bull, you have to be looking at Danny Rick even more seriously than you were before now. Oh, I mean, that's the front of my skull. I mean, I'm telling you, I know what they're saying. I know what everybody's saying. Yeah. That the contract will be honored, but they said the same thing about Albon. (laughs) They said the same thing about DeVries. I mean, they were, you know, every driver that's ever been cut mid season has been under contract, believe it or not. And sometimes oh, they do find ways, Red Bull, to not honor contracts. It's not under. Yeah. <laughs> and well, Danny and has then experience it, with that as well. <laughs> you think he's 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 probably banking that experience, but then then throw in Helmut Marco and his way of doing things. Well, yeah, and the fact that he wants out though, or or Horner wants him out better than he wants to get rid of a a wart <laughs> on his ding dong. I think I think th- <laughs> I think things are really falling apart there with that that relationship and I mean good riddance as far as I'm concerned I think Marco does everything but help that team now whether it's yeah. you know PR nightmares and having to not attend the Mexico Grand Prix for fear of being lynched or <laughs> I mean the whole the freeze debacle was his fault to begin with yeah, and, you know, snap judgment brought DeVries in and then, oh, yeah, that wasn't a good idea. And it wasn't like DeVries was an unknown entity. Lots of teams had looked carefully at DeVries and passed, you know. It just seems like these rash decisions need to be thought thought better. And I hope that they're seriously looking at Danny Rick. And I hope that they're, I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe a full season at, at AlphaTauri is the plan. But I, I, I mean, if, if, if he is consistently, like if we get to Brazil and he out-qualifies Perez at Brazil, if this is a trend and, and then we start next oh, year man. that way, I mean, he's going to go. I mean, we just have to, we have to recognize that he's going to go. And do you think, what, what, what do you think Perez's response to be would be, hey, we're going to have to do the old switcheroo with you and Danny Rick. We're still going to honor your contract. But it's going to be in a Red Bull. Or, I mean, it's going to be in an AlphaTauri or Hugo Boss or whatever it's going to be next year. Uh, hmm. It seems... Would you take that drive it would or would be, you just retire? Would you say, no, pay me out? Or would you take the drive? I don't know. I think, would it's a race com- car driver, just as long as he can be in a race car, or does he think that he's good enough to... I mean, Alfatari, 
if they're that good, if they stay that good, yeah. if the upgrades come. Right. Right. Pull a maybe pull a pull a Gasly and you know constantly do four, five, six positions until you can get a better drive in another team. But I mean, let's be real. I don't foresee there being much better cars than a Red Bull for a little while, at least till twenty six. And then, well, and then you have. We were to, just talking about Williams figuring something out. Well, maybe. And who knows mm. what? And who knows what Audi's going to come with? I mean, there's a big question mark with that Audi power unit and stuff. And who's going to who's going to make up that? Now, team. Is that 26 or next year? That's 26. That's with the new engine. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, 26 sure. is going to come a lot faster than we think it is. You know. And yeah. As at this rate, I can't wait. But I actually think 25 is going to be, 24 and 25 are going to be. 24 might be not as good unless somebody like really unlocks something. Maybe, you know, Aston can get their shit together and start pointing the car back in the right direction at least. Um, Or Williams or some, you know, some out of out of left field kind of thing can happen like we had this year or McLaren just continues on their trend because I mean, we're going to get to Norris, but I really don't have hopes for Ferrari figuring anything out. Ferrari seems very content to being a qualifying car to then just slip to barely hanging onto the podium. I just don't, Mm -hmm. I mean, I know, I know there were some weird tire temp things going on, but I got so excited to see, Two Ferraris, I mean, you know, Ferrari locking out Max, like that was real. Yeah. You know, like he Max had every every chance, and he couldn't do it for some reason. And I was so optimistic, but then again, turn one, that was all over. Yeah. By the end of the first lap, Max was one point six seconds ahead of them. Like, what the heck, you know? It's it. Yeah, I was when they said that time interval because I wasn't focusing on it. Yeah, on the first lap, I went what? <laughs> of course, Leclerc was driving with a faulty front wing. No, yeah, but eh. he still and they never changed that front wing. Does that bizarre to you? Or no, they did. They they put it on. Yeah, at the they red did. Flag at the red well, flag. he was maintaining. He was maintaining uh, like P two. It was with really that weird. End plate off. So why bring him in? Was it just strategy that they whiffed? I feel like they whiffed that. Everybody was saying it. And Ferrari. I, or or was it the red flag that whiffed the the strategy up, or just that they just didn't have the data on those mediums? I feel like there was a. I feel like Ferrari really needs to like spend some of the money that they have on hiring different strategists. Like getting real strategists in that team, and and well, and setting yeah. up a new pre- a new precedent, and stop asking the fucking drivers what to do. Like you can ask the driver, how are the tires doing? Do you think they can go more laps? You know, like, but you shouldn't say what should we do because they don't know everything that's happening. Yeah. <laughs> They can't, Maybe. they can't see the end of their front. They can't see where their front wheel touches the ground, let alone what what is happening behind them or in front of them by 10, 15, 20 seconds to slot into a gap. They don't know that Max is lapping at half a second a lap faster than them. I mean, they should have gotten off those tires much sooner. I don't. When has the one stop ever worked? Ever. 
Well, that that was, you know, uh, Peter Windsor made a comment uh, in regards to this that um, Ferrari goes in like gangbusters and then they all of a sudden get conservative and think they can pull off a one stop. I want to see that's I mean, that's going to bring us to another point, too. But I mean, Mm -hmm. this goes to the Perez thing. I want to see F1 drivers driving. Like, I loved that Qatar component, the comp- that component of the Qatar race, where it's like, okay, who can hang? Let's run, you know? None of this pussyfooting around, none of this tire-managing BS. I want to see F1 drivers at the limit all the time banging it, like Norris. Like, that drive from Norris was exceptional. If only he could be exceptional when it really matters and have put that car on the in the in the top of that, he could have won that race, I think. Or at least well, at I least think, threatened Max. Well, I think there were some issues of Im- impedance with their qualifying. I think it was you know, just so, them trying to get through on mediums and they should have just gotten through. And then well well, yeah. there was that Alonzo spin. Alon- you know, there's the conspiracy right. corner that yeah, Alonzo did that, but why would he ruin his own race just to ruin Norris's? That doesn't make any. I mean, I wouldn't yeah. put it above Alonzo, but it it is not there. Yeah, it's not it's not uh, keen enough for uh, Alonzo to go along with no. it. I mean, he would because it screwed him. Yeah, I mean, he was out in Q one. I mean, we could spend some time talking about Aston Martin, but I don't think we need to say anything else than get, no. get your shit together, y'all. What is going on? It makes it look like they really don't understand their car. If they're putting upgrades on and they're doing worse. Yeah. Like, mm, I don't think so. Didn't, didn't, aren't they at the, or have they just gotten a bunch of new technical uh, building? Was that, I, mean, I think uh, it's going to go Aston online. Martin. It's, I mean, there. It's like some sort of like billion dollar building or something, and it's going to yeah. go. But it's it's not online till next year. I don't think. Oh well, that may, that, this indicates that they really need that. I guess well, they're but. they're going to, or I mean, they they got to. I mean, yeah, they've really squandered a huge opportunity. I think, and I, I mean, we're not going to go through the Lance thing. We've done that enough, but. Yeah. Um, I just back to Ferrari, and they. I feel like they're they they're at least should have been a double podium there. If you're locking out the front row, when what is that? What was it? Leclerc's eleventh or twelfth pole that has not been a win that he hasn't converted to a win. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah. Double digits for sure. That's got to be addressed more than just in a statistical reference. Like, do something about it. And it seems to be something baked into like the Ferrari DNA because the same hap- thing happens with Haas. They look brilliant over a one lap pace and then are absolutely nowhere on race pace. Hmm. You know? Yeah. I mean, at the end, yeah, whatever. I uh, It was bad. It was bad for them. And I feel like strategy just... I mean, there was a lot of wild cards. I feel like that... That uh, KMAG red flag really didn't help their strategy either. But I don't. I also found it really bizarre that nobody really understood what the medium was going to do. Because I got nervous when I saw Hambone, and I think he got nervous too, 
when he put was put on that mm-hmm. after the restart. Yeah. Um, but then it was kind of walked through. I think uh, what's that? The tire strategy. Um, Bernie Collins. She pointed out yeah. that the medium this year was the hard last year. Yeah, and so they were in the wrong category, probably. But I mean, and then you know, Ferrari engineer said it too once when Hamilton passed. They're like, just five more laps, and we'll be we'll be lapping faster than him. And it really ended up being like fifteen laps. And then even then, it was they were lapping at the same. And by that time, Hamilton had had pulled out several seconds. Um, oh yes, definitely. I mean, it just. Just seemed it seemed very typical Ferrari, very bonehead. Here's a big opportunity. Let's get everybody excited, and then we'll let them down. <laughs> yeah, I don't. It's weird. It's just weird. It's like, what kind of what kind of demon <laughs> is running around the the paddock that makes people think or. How do you do that? How how do you qualify so well and then run in the race so poorly? Is it just tires? You know, Ferrari's tough on tires, I guess. I mean, uh, tires are really important, you know. I mean, you, you, sometimes you just have to, you know. Goodness, he's tickling that round there, isn't he, Max Verstappen? <laughs> you know, you got to tickle him around the corners. Well, just tickle him around. That's right. Thank you, Barton, for clearing that up. And I I think they don't they once it once it gets into a race pace and they can't tickle them anymore they just go nowhere. But um, yeah, it was uh it's a, it was a real shame. I really think that they blew that. And I think you know we we often also talk about like with Ferrari we talk about the blown. But I think Mercedes really got it right with Hamilton. I mean mm. he was really concerned about that and so that's a big stint on these tires. But I think I think. They absolutely nailed that, and it ended with a, with a brilliant second P2 for Hambone in two races. I mean, that's just that's just an awesome result, and I think they're really headed in the right direction. I have really good – I have I have positive hopes for them that they're finally starting to figure out. And and it's the the other reassuring thing is is the drivers are saying I'm I can feel this car again finally. Uh huh. And I think you show it shows what. What a real, what a real, uh, that when that is the case, it, it, it's highlighting that performance gap between Hamilton and Russell again. Um, that once Hamilton has his head around the car in a much better way, you really see his, him excel and, and Russell seems to not quite be on the level. Um, so. Yeah, I, I hear what you're talking about. Um, it's just, uh, it's beautiful. I mean, Cause I think everybody wants Lewis to do good. But I mean, I think, I think two more laps, we would have seen Danny Rick come back at Russell. I think he was getting within, I think two more laps, he would have passed Russell. So that, that's, that's promising for, for the, for the Alphataris as well. And with those single points alone, um, that elevated mm-hmm. Alphatari out of last place in the constructors. Yeah. They they were also talking about what each end of season uh, position, oh, what it's worth. Millions, twenties, tens of millions. Yeah, yeah. So that that Not we're talking about it, but it's a big eighth now. 
They're ahead yeah. of Alfa Romero. Or no, they're t- yeah. well, they're tied, but technically ahead because they've had a higher finishing point order. Because of Danny Rick, they are in eighth place, not ninth too. Because of that, because of that drive, they went from last to eighth. Eighth, and they they could have been higher if Sonoda wouldn't have, you know. What a bizarre qualifying! Oh wait, it's this one. Where is it? <laughs> Outbreaked himself there, and has to take to a bit of lawn mowing, and now his tires <laughs> will be dirty, and he loses a place instead of gaining one. I mean, we have to talk yeah. about Sonoda. I know you dig the cat quite a bit, but uh, we well, we actually still we need to finish up with Norris too. But um, yeah, because I mean, we we alluded to it that there were several moments during this weekend where Norris let Norris down, and it cost him a podium for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had the the the, the debacle in qualifying because that car was good for the. For the second row, at least, with in 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 Norris's hands, if not the front row, but then that restart on the red flag, uh, and he what did he, I think he lost five positions on that restart, or something like that. Four. I th- it was four. I think I think something like he had twenty. <laughs> so I forget. I wish I would have clipped that, but it was like. Uh, I think Brundle said at one point, you know, he, he's 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 overtaken twenty five cars in a field of nineteen or eighteen because <laughs> two cars had already been out. That's right. I mean, he had he had more overtakes than he really needed to because he kept digging himself a hole and then filling You're it back right. in. Um, yeah, but it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't take away from some of the absolutely brilliant overtakes that we saw. At Mexico, and that's what I say. Like, there's something about Mexico where it's it's both absolutely amazing and exciting and dull at the same time. But I mean, we saw that brilliant inside overtake with Hamilton, and we saw the same, almost the exact same move from Norris dipping a wheel onto the grass. I mean, him he was driving. <laughs> there was a there was a good section of that race where he was lapping a half a second. I mean, he was putting half a seconds. Through the field in a, a a not easy track to overtake on. I mean, I just wish he could have done that kind of drive from third instead of tenth or whatever. Right. You know, and then well, and then again from eighth. You know, like well, he went. No, he went. He went. He got himself up to P seven before the red flag. Yeah. And then he lost. No. No, he wasn't P7. He was like P10. Yeah. And then he lost four places on the restart. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it was, it would have been, it just is like, well, what what could you have done? And also that I don't think the red flag helped him either. I think he was on the right call with that strategy. And I think he cuz he drove so late too not only did he make so many overtakes but he extended those tires i don't understand how a that car didn't overheat and b how the tires hung on um that also highlighted again the inexperience and experience of piastri and like piastri's great yes but nowhere near like still nowhere near the level of norris and it shows 
what really understanding those tires and i again it highlights another reason of why i like piastri and i think he will be a future world champion and a future force like norris is is that he doesn't make excuses he puts his hand up and he goes yep i'm i still struggle with this i'm gonna work on it it i but like what a better person to learn from than norris you know mm-hmm. um but i it would have been Absolutely, I think it would have been really exciting to see this tire strategy play out without the red flag, and and or to just see Norris have started, you know, up with the Ferraris at least, and Max, you know, and where he could have been, and you know, all the all the pundits and stuff don't think his pace was good enough to to uh, to challenge Max, but you know, how do you? I mean, half a second to half a second. You know, right? It's hard to say if he wouldn't have lost those four positions at the restart on what lap thirty-three or thirty-four. Or, yeah, I don't. And would and so he still went from P fourteen up to P five. What does that translate into if he doesn't drop those four places I on mean, the restart? For sure, podium. For sure, P two. Well, P3 first, I don't know. It but wouldn't a, look like it, yeah. how much fun would it have been to see him going through, you know, even if he would have lost four from a second row, then he would have been going through Russell, Ricardo, Sainz, Leclerc, you know, instead of mm-hmm. K-Mag, Norris. Well, I guess he didn't ever have to pass K-Mag because K-Mag got let down there pretty big. Yeah. Um, Albon, I mean, that move against Albon was pretty great, but, I mean, it's just always more exciting. No offense to the bottom half of the grip, but when that car's out of plate, when a car's out of position, the overtakes are are less enthralling than when the car is equally, you know, matched by both caliber of driver and mm-hmm. pace of car. Um, So here's to hoping for a, a, a better Brazil, because, I mean, let's be real, Brazil <clears throat> always delivers. Um. But back, Seems to, definitely, yeah. But that's enough praises for Norris, and we need to talk about Sonoda because I know you dig the cat. But well, he's I, funny. I know he's <laughs> he's he's a character, but I think I just don't know if he's an F one driver. And I think yeah. it's starting to the cracks that we were hoping. I mean. Early in the year, and I think he has had a good enough season to hang on to the seat and to the drive, but I really don't. I don't see a world where Sonoda moves past Alfatari, and if Alfatari keeps improving, I see a real threat to his seat, especially with Ricardo driving mm. the way he's rec- driving. All right, interesting point. So, yeah, it was bonehead. I don't know. It's tough to say which was more of a bonehead move. The one that Perez put on or Sonoda tried to I mean he just pinch down. He, he can't seem to remain calm. And I think that's such a tool of an of an elite athlete. Brundle talks mm. about it all the time, the ability to to get mad later, you know? Mm-hmm. To have the consequences and the reaction to the to the event later. But because when we're when you're operating on the margins and then the and at the level of these cars and these other drivers, that only causes you to go backwards. 
and we saw it. When he blew that turn and had to go to a bit of the, what was it, lawn cutting? Let's listen to it again, because it's great. Now yeah. himself there and has to take to a bit of lawn mowing. And now his <laughs> tires will be dirty and he loses a place instead of gaining one. I mean, there you go. That 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 started it, I feel like, when he outbraked himself. Mm. And then he gets frustrated from that. And then he starts to get into it with other cars and then he ends up in crashing and, you know, and you go from a double points finish that puts you knocking on the door of seventh with only three races left to a de- uh, an out of the points. And, I mean, mm-hmm. I just and – I, and I think when you're at those lower teams, when you are trying to, like, make the name and help the team and, like, you know, you cannot afford that. And I feel like – it just happens to Sonoda too frequently. His emotions, his hot-headedness, his, you know, whatever. Yeah, some he of those. He gets in his own way. Yeah, he does. I mean, God was, you know, kind of the way he's kind of a character. But then some of those radio transmissions, I mean, he was just unglued. For sure. And then how is, he, um, how is that going to help with sponsorship? Is that going to really make Honda go, yeah, come over to this team when we have a power unit? Or is that going to, you know, that's not going to bode in his corner when Honda or somebody is trying to say, no, 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 this this is the future, you know? Mm-hmm. Why would you take that over Danny Rick? Mr. Smiles, Mr. Personality, Mr. Charisma, or you have the angry little Japanese guy who yells swear words at everybody. <laughs> and oh wait throws away points finishes I think yeah. at one time they were running 5th and 7th uh, I I don't remember now I mean it was good it was a solid they were two, they were it wasn't ninth it was I mean he was ahead of of Albon he was at least in 7th I'm pretty sure Well yeah Definitely in the points, yeah. Solidly in the points. And, I mean, when you're talking about potentially getting past Williams, I mean, and it sucks because drives like that, instances like that, toward the end of a season tend to outweigh and and cover over what has been otherwise a very good season for Sonoda. And he has had some bad luck. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's just one of those things that he'll grow up to like they all do. I hope. I mean, I hope he's afforded enough time to. And I think he's kind of lucky that that there's not a lot of good junior drivers coming up that are are challenging him either. mm -hmm. I think, I I don't know why you'd want to keep a hothead who doesn't like to work out, who doesn't apply himself, who can't, isn't good for sponsorships, who's costing the team money, who's costing the team positions. I mean... And and like we said or alluded to earlier, with the potential that you could lose Danny Rick too. Or, I mean, Perez could get demoted, mm-hmm. and maybe maybe Perez isn't the person who slots. Or um, sorry, maybe Rick isn't the person who slots into the Red Bull at somebody else. And all of a sudden, now you're looking at your your friends Toss or whoever, and you're looking at do I keep Perez or Sonoda? Or Perez, you know, you you have the option mm-hmm. of having a Ricardo Perez lineup or a Ricardo Sonoda lineup. Who are you going to really take? 
I take Perez every day. Yeah, Perez busters. Perez can Get it? keep calm in front Go. of his home fans after blowing it, blowing the chance of a lifetime. Yeah. I mean. That yeah. is correct, though. I feel like that's enough digging on that. We have to talk about K-Max Crash because it was one of those rare moments where I'm also reminded of like how little I know about the sport. <laughs> I don't know if it was with you, but like I thought I thought it was the tires let go or he crashed, but every like it seemed like every single person who saw that clip, the first time they saw it, they were like, Oh, that tire that suspension broke. Did you see the suspension break? No, but it acted like it did. I mean, but they were all, oh, look at the tire. Look at, oh, yeah, it turned it. Oh, you saw all oh, that, bro. I let go. And I was like, oh, really? <laughs> Are we watching the same thing? Yeah. Yeah. That, that was where that close-up that they did where he's running in on the apex when that suspension broke on the yeah. rear. And all of a sudden that he's got three-wheel steering, but one of the wheels is yeah. 25, 25 degrees off of straight. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. That, I, that was, it he, looked he, like that he, hurt he, a little bit, too. He seemed to not. Oh, yeah. Hurt. Well, did you hear anything about the G's that were involved in that? No, or but anything? I would imagine it's somewhere. It was, it's in double digits for sure. Oh, you know, no question. I mean, you're probably 50 or 60 G's. But, um, yeah, that was a quick. That was fast. He was good. He was moving when he hit. It seemed very similar to science or um, Stroll's crash in uh, Singapore, mm-hmm. which was about fifty. But I don't think it was even as as hard as that. But it was. I mean, it, I think. I mean, we're talking about any any crash is going to be a, a dangerous one. You know, it's going to hurt. Well, yeah. Well, just the way that happened. I mean. Can you imagine the surprise? Yeah. <laughs> Golly, well, all of a I sudden. Went, I went and watched the onboards, and it was even funnier because right before that happens, he talks about how the left, he's like, the the rear tires are finished through here. And then uh, literally as soon as those words left his mouth, bang, uh-huh. wall. And so I mm. thought something happened with the tires or something, and then I went back, and they were all like, oh, um, the suspension broke. But if you remember two laps before that, he had that little excursion on the edge of the road coming down the start finish straight hmm. where he went wide and then was running on the other side of the curb. And yeah, you don't want to be out there. <laughs> like, mm. And I wonder if that's really when he broke the, the suspension or put enough stress on it. And then going through that, those high G-force turns that just let go. Yeah. Good uh, point. Well, I wish it was. Had you heard any comment? No. Hey, oh, you heard. Hey, what, have you heard any comment about they, it? They were, that's what everybody was speculating that, you know, they're meant to run on the track, K-Mag, not on the side of the track. <laughs> <laughs> Suspension tends to work better that way. <laughs> well, they hold up. Hold up a little. A tad. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. Definitely. Uh, the other the other thing I wanted to talk about with you and to kind of close out this is, um, well, we I guess we have a couple things. We have, what's up with soft tires? Like it seems like we really need, Pirelli really needs to reevaluate two specific tires in the repertoire. That being the wet tires, which the dr- drivers all 
referred to as safety car tires because they only get put mm-hmm. on when they're behind the safety car. So worthless. Let's mm-hmm. let's re- let's look at that. And I feel like soft tires, especially in the recent races and stuff, they're just referred to as qualifying tires. And I mean, we we played a teaser of it, but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up a, a, another. Man, we're just giving you moments with Martin left and right here because here's another one. Goodness, he's tickling that round there, isn't he, Max Verstappen? He really is. Just really creepy. It's like the old qualifying tyre days where the tyre would do about three quarters of a lap. Don't take any life out of it at all. Just let it suspend the colour. Let it just keep the wheel rims off the ground until we get round to when it matters. (laughs) You know, if if they're having to baby the tyre so much that we're having to create minimum speed requirements for qualifying... And which then we run into the traffic jam block up pit lane thing, which we can talk about too. Mm-hmm. And they're they're saying that a, that that a tire that I would love to know how much a, a set what a set of Pirelli softs cost too, but they can't do one of they can't do more than one lap, couple mm-hmm. of miles, and that thing is shot. Like I miss those old Mercedes, you know, we, where you would you offset your strategy, pit one extra time, throw a set of softs on for the last 15, 18 laps of a race, and come back through what lap in right. one to two seconds, a lap faster mm-hmm. on quality pace for a photo finish. You know, like where has that soft tire gone? I would like to see that like element of strategy. That's what I was kind of hoping, you know, maybe we would have seen with like a Norris or a Hamilton or somebody, you know, running those, you know, or maybe the Ferraris. They kept if they were going to hang them out to dry for so long that we would hopefully get to see a softs and then, you know, someone brought that up and they're like, "Oh no, that those tires are nobody's going to run a soft." Like it's not even entering into the equation that people are going to run a soft. And then when we do, we even see it in sprint races. You know, we was at the sprint to Qatar. Everybody that started on the softs were done for after six laps. They were just sitting ducks. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what's the point of having three tires then? Just have two tires or just have one tire. If it seems like there's always just one tire that's the optimal tire to be on and then like a... Uh, they're reluctantly taking the other only halfway decent tire to fulfill the regulations and the softs or whatever are just gathering dust in the garage except for qualifying and they're only barely good for one shot at a qualifying session. I just think it's it's really limiting the strategy uh, the, and it's really, I just think it's silly. What, do you, what say ye? Well, it seems like I mean, there was a day where you only had one, <laughs> one tire, no soft, medium. It was you. It was the tire that you got from the manufacturer, and that was it. Yeah, let's stop. Let's stop. And everybody to, ran on them. Let's stop trying to like, uh, you know, engineer interest with mandatory pit stops to change compounds. Just make a tire. You want to you reduce your waste? Make one tire that's good that uh, yeah, drivers can waste, drive on. <laughs> your, your waste and your, your budget. What happened to that idea? Can you imagine 
having to come to each race with three different tires and sets upon sets of them to, I mean, come on, just make a tire that holds up to the track and everybody runs the same tire for the whole race. Well, not the whole race. I want to see pit stops. But they're they're coming well, in. Yeah, to, you'd have to have, they're coming in to get yeah, off the have, worn tire yeah. for the good tire for a fresh set. Right. Because we see that even with hards. You know, you you're on a, a several lap old hard, you know, half distance, half race lap distance hard, and you get you come back in and all of a sudden you're lapping a second and a half faster on fresh rubber. I mean it there's still gonna be the offset advantage. Right. Right. You're still gonna have to change your tires, but Instead of all this, I, would, I don't know, it just seems like too much added to the situation that is unnecessary. Yeah. It's unnecessary. Um, well, it, it makes for interesting strategies, sometimes, I guess one would say. Sometimes it makes for but, boring-ass strategies. Like when you start well, on the soft and it lets go after three laps and then you just fall backwards. No matter yeah. how good you were driving. Right. Because let's be honest, so, if you're... You could be you could be Max for stopping himself, but if you're on a soft tire that's gone, William Sargent's yeah. going to pass you on the right tire, or Logan Sargent, Agreed. William Sargent. <laughs> so <laughs> I just think Captain William Sargent. <laughs> I mean, we're either losing it, you're losing my interest in that, or we're sitting here losing my interest on a wet race where we have to wait for ages so they can even get out. Design a tire that will work. Or just get rid of it. Stop manufacturing, wasting resources and time and money and bringing all these extra things. Like, you want to engineer some less tires, they get a set of tires for free practice. They get a set of tires for qualifying session one, Q1, Q2, Q2. They each get a tire, and then they get maybe one or two for the road. There's six sets of tires right there. Forget your 13 or 17 or when they're they're limited to 11 sets of tires. Like... Give them one set of tires for each session. That's what? Practice one, two, three, sprint, or sprint qual. I mean, you know, like, it's ridiculous. But that was my rant about soft tires. Yeah. What, I think you just go to one tire. I, Everybody I would, runs the same tire. And you run it till it falls apart. And then you go get a new set of them, and you run it till it falls apart. Yeah. And you just... Try and pass the guy on the track or in the pits. But none of this strategy offset. And then, I mean, maybe Ferrari would go back to winning. <laughs> they don't have to get a strategy, right? They just build a fast car. Like, let's get back to that. Build the fastest car we possibly can. Drive it as fast as we possibly can. When the tires start to let go, we'll put new ones on, and then you go fast again. Crazy. <laughs> Uh, All right. Well, we got Brazil next this weekend. Just a, this three. This has been. I mean, it's a lot of work to get these these in sometimes, but I'm proud of us that we're doing it. We got Brazil, which always delivers. It's another sprint, which hopefully will be back to delivering. Um, what do you, who are you looking at? What are your let's let's do our race predictions. Oh, that's right. We're gonna do something like that. I don't know. I can't remember. What's the is a is the Brazil track? Is it high grip or slick? Or? I mean, but we always have the chance of moisture. No, that's too. 
I mean, if we get rain, I'm voting. I'm, I, you got to go with Max. I mean, it's going to come. It's, it's really going to come down, I think, to. I know my three. You want my three? No. It's my turn to go first. Okay. Who's your who's your who's your P one? Um winning first happen. First happen. Okay. My P one. And then my P one? We're going in turn here. Yeah. Okay. Norris. I think he's gonna redeem himself for for Sochi. We're gonna catch some wet. We're gonna get something to funk it up. But I think Norris is coming off of that drive, coming in with that mm. car. It's it's just time. It's time. I'm gonna will it. I was I I was just gonna say Norris was gonna be my P two guy. Okay, P two Norris. It's just not enough car to go fast. Okay, my P two is gonna be Hamilton. Mm hmm. Your P3? I think... Well, that's a dream. <laughs> Albon? <laughs> Is it Albon? Were you going to say Albon? No, no I was going to say um, AlphaTauri figures out the oh. funky vortices uh, from um, uh, Mexico, and then Danny Rick comes in third. <laughs> that's a, I do think that's a dream. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I, so, I fully expect them to be back in like the bottom next. Well, what if they figure out I that funky whatever I happened? Would, that funky no, that was air Williams. Stuff. That was Williams that gets the funky air stuff. Oh, but I don't think well, it's near never, the evolution or the never mind the thin air. You know, we're dropping back down to near sea level here. <laughs> no, I was going to say Hamilton. B3. Yeah, that's what I thought. He's just driving so well right now. Yeah. I mean, but Georgie Boy did really good there last year. I don't know. I think we're at the point where Hamilton's just got the stuff. Yeah. He's got the right stuff. I mean, I put him P2. I yeah. want to say Max, but I'm really hoping for just one race where he's not even on the podium again. Another, Ooh. but... I mean, if we get, I mean, he's just going to be fast. He just is. And, <sighs> Ferrari can't seem to figure out strategy to save their life. I mean, it, the the smart bet is really to put Max up top, but I'm just going with my gut here. Yeah. I'm going to say Max P3. No, I want, I mean, I really want to put Perez there, but I'd like I to see get one more chance, one more thing. I mean, I keep believing in him, but that doesn't seem to help him, so I'll put Max. All right. So re reiterate, Dad's got Max MP1, Norris P2, Ham P3, and I got kind of the almost inverse of that, and I have Norris P1, Hamilton P2, Max P3. Probably very wrong, but whatever. It is we usually are. We usually are wrong. Yeah. What's new? It's <laughs> It's like, well, I'm clairvoyant, too. <laughs> well, we only have a couple short days till we will uh, see how well our predictions are, and we'll be back to 
to have a gab session with y'all. Thanks everybody for listening. We just really appreciate all the support. Yeah. Um, if you would be so kind as to to like it, give us a thumbs up, uh, rate us, and leave a comment. That really, really does help us. We haven't said that in a while. We haven't bored you with that. Um, but yeah, just just really enjoying doing the pod with you and 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 having everybody listen. So thanks, Dad, and thanks everybody. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for stopping by, all. And we'll see you next week. So, adios.